Good morning again, everyone. It's it's so good to picture you in my mind and know that you're there watching this and worshiping together with us. I was thinking earlier during the worship time, I um, wanted to thank Pastor Phil and Caroline. We are singing those words, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. And I feel like, isn't that what we need at this time for God's help to lead us in trusting him in this really unusual time. I mean, we've all been expressing what strange days these are. Um, I know so many of us are struggling with fear, struggling with grief. So many of us have had losses. Um, you know, we're experiencing confusion and disorientation. And the scripture we'll be looking at today, I think you'll find that actually you and I have a lot in common with the scripture we'll be looking at. I want to introduce myself. I'm, my name is Jenny. I'm one of the pastors here at church. If you're just joining in today for the first time, I want to give you just a huge welcome. I realize, you know, this is a time where we're all thinking about faith. And if you're joining us today and you're exploring faith, maybe for the first time, I just want to tell you welcome. This is such a safe place for you to listen and join in and just let God move in your life. So again, to everybody joining us, welcome. If you've been with us for a while, you know we've been traveling through the Gospel of Luke. We've been looking at this biblical account of the birth of Jesus, his life, his teaching, and then his suffering and his death on the cross for us. And today, we've actually reached our final portion of Luke. And the portion we're going to look at today takes place on the first Easter. And you might think that that means it's a happy, joyful day. But remember, on that first Easter, Jesus had just died a couple days ago on the cross. And on that first Easter morning, where we'll be picking up the story today, we will find a group of disciples who are grieving, they're confused, they're fearful. The scripture actually says that this group of disciples is hiding behind locked doors. And when we encounter these disciples in Luke chapter 24, it's Easter evening on that first Easter day. And these disciples have begun to hear strange stories of appearances of Jesus. Some of the women have come back from the tomb where they found the tomb empty and found an angel who told them that Jesus is risen. And these disciples are trying to make sense of that. Peter has reported that he saw Jesus and the disciples in this room locked behind closed doors for fear are trying to make sense of that. Two disciples from the road to Emmaus have come back and reported that they walked and talked with Jesus. And I picture this room, these people grieving and in fear, and yet there's, there's a buzz in the room as the people are discussing these different appearances of Jesus, and they're trying to make sense of it, and they're trying to figure out what is going on. It sounds a little bit like us these days as well. And as we pick up the scripture this morning, we'll be in Luke 24 at verse 36. And we'll find these disciples continuing to talk about what this is that is going on and these stories they're beginning to hear. So let's pick up the account at verse 36. The scripture says, while they were still talking about all these things, Jesus himself stood among them 
And Jesus said these words to them, peace be with you. They had been talking about Jesus. This one that they had followed for three years, this one whom they had loved, they had served together with him, and they had watched him die on the cross. And now this one that they are talking about is standing among them. The resurrected Jesus is standing among them, and his first words to them are, Peace be with you. Aren't those words that we need today? To hear, peace be with you. It's a common Hebrew greeting, shalom. It means more than just a light peace. It means salvation. It means healing. It means wholeness. And Jesus proclaims this word of peace to those fearful, grieving disciples on that first Easter evening. You know, I think we're all looking for peace. I know earlier today, our small team here, we were talking about how we're each coping during this time. There's different things that we're each doing, just trying to find peace. You know, I think some of us like work on self-improvement things to try to get peace. Some of us go shopping to try to get peace. Some of us try to just do positive thinking to convince ourselves that there is peace. Maybe some of us try to save so much financially that we can feel a sense of peace. Maybe we throw ourselves into our work to try to feel a sense of peace. And I think that apart from God, eventually we realize the inadequacy of all those things. They can't bring us peace without God. And you know, I think in this current season, I honestly think that it becomes just brutally clear to each of us, that our coping mechanisms don't bring peace. I know I found that in my life. It's like all those things we normally count on for peace, they, they're just stripped away in this season. And really, we just recognize that we can't find peace apart from God. And I see us all in this season struggling with that reality. And, you know, it can make us so troubled. It can make us fearful. It can make us lose hope. And how can Jesus come and pronounce peace in a situation like we're facing? How can he come and pronounce peace in a situation like those disciples were facing? And if there's one thing that you end up remembering from this message this morning, I want it to be this, that peace is a person, and that person is Jesus. So if you take only that from this message, I want you to take with you that peace is a person. That person is Jesus. And when he came into that room, those disciples on that Easter evening experienced peace because he came into that room and he is peace. Let's pick up the scripture at verse 37. The disciples were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Jesus said, look at my hands, look at my feet. It is I myself. Jesus says, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when Jesus had said this, Jesus showed them his hands and his feet. His hands and his feet still bore the scars from his death on the cross. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, 
Jesus asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. The disciples are startled, they're frightened, they're troubled, they're doubting. It's not surprising. They had seen Jesus die on the cross. And they're still grieving his death. They're still struggling with the fact that his body is missing from the tomb. And in the midst of this grief and this confusion, he's standing among them. And they are struggling to understand that. And so Jesus extends this invitation to them to look, to touch, to see, to see those wounds on his hands and his feet, and to recognize that he really has been raised from the dead, that he really is with them. Years later, the Apostle John would write about this experience. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, the Apostle John would write, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, John says, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He's calling Jesus the word of life. This Jesus who suffered and died is alive. He is the living word of life. As I looked at today's passage, I thought back to an experience I had back in 2015. I had the opportunity to go to Uganda and to serve in a prison. And so for two weeks, our team would drive up to the prison each day and park in the parking lot and wait till we would be allowed to go up to the main prison building. And then we would go through security and go into the prison. And I had the opportunity to spend portions of two weeks with a group of inmates in this Ugandan prison. And these were inmates whose hearts had been changed. And over the course of the two weeks, I learned a little bit about them, and I learned a little bit about their sentences. And I learned that some of these inmates were condemned prisoners. Some of these inmates were on death row. And my heart struggled to understand that. And at the end of the two weeks, the inmates gave me a gift to take home and to remember them by. I brought that gift with me today. It's this beautiful handmade footstool that the inmates made in a workshop on the prison grounds. And it's honestly one of my most valued possessions because It means so much to me to think about those inmates, especially the ones condemned to death, and to know that I had that time with them where I could see how God had changed their hearts. And so this footstool is a treasured possession of mine, and it reminds me of them. But it's been five years since I've seen them, and I'll probably never see them again. And maybe the death sentence has been carried out on them. I don't know. And it occurred to me in studying this passage that if Jesus had simply died and had not been raised from the dead, all the disciples would have would be the equivalent of that footstool. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, they would just have some nice memories, the equivalent of a footstool to remember him by. But the message 
that we get to share is that Jesus has been raised from the dead. He is with the disciples. He is with us today. Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. And because of that reality, these startled, frightened, troubled, and doubting disciples begin to receive joy and their trouble and confusion begins to turn to amazement as they begin to realize that this one they have followed, that this Jesus who died on the cross has been raised back to life. And let's pick up the scripture at verse 44. Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. He's speaking of the Old Testament scripture and saying that what he experienced in dying on the cross and being raised from the dead, that that was spoken of, that was prophesied in the Old Testament scriptures, which spoke of him. Then Jesus opened their minds so they could understand these scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. It's so powerful. Jesus says, this is what I told you. This is what I told you. And then Jesus says, this is what is written. Jesus is pointing to the scriptures. He's pointing to the written word. But Jesus is pointing to himself as well as the living word. Jesus speaks of the divine must, that this needed to happen, that he needed to suffer, that he needed to die, that he needed to rise from the dead, And that now this message must be preached, this message of repentance for forgiveness of sins. You know, at Easter, our church is going to fully take on our new name of Rise OC. And we're so passionate about this name because it speaks of this resurrection of Jesus. Again, we don't serve a God who died and stayed in the grave. We don't have just a footstool to remember him by. We serve a God who is risen from the dead and is living and is active. And so on Easter, when we fully take on that name of Rise OC, we do so recognizing that the resurrection of Jesus means everything for our lives, just like it meant everything for those fearful disciples hiding behind closed doors. During Jesus' life on earth, fully man and fully God, He often referred to himself as son of man. It was an Old Testament term that spoke of glory and honor, but also carried with it the humanity of Jesus. And now the resurrected Jesus is adding on to that his full identity as the Messiah, the promised deliverer, the one that the Jewish people had been waiting for, the Savior. Previously, Jesus had told his disciples that he would suffer and rise again, but they had struggled to understand that. And now, finally, they are beginning to grasp that this one who they saw heal people, this one who taught, this one who forgave, this one who set people free, that this Jesus truly is the Messiah, that he had to die, he had to suffer, 
and that he has been raised to life and is living and active. And Jesus shares that this message will be preached to all the nations. In my life, I feel so privileged. I've had the opportunity to visit different countries around the world, Ethiopia, Uganda, Kenya, Thailand, Myanmar. And I want to tell you that all over the world, this message is being preached. You know, I've gotten to see this message preached in different languages. I've seen it preached by children, by the elderly. I've seen it preached by men, by women, all over the world. This message of Jesus is being preached. Scripture speaks of the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, like the waters that cover the sea. And I want to tell you that I've had the great joy of seeing the truth of this, seeing this message of the peace that we have in Jesus, the life that we have in him, the forgiveness that we have in him, seeing that message covering the world, like how the waters cover the world through the sea. Let's continue with the scripture at verse 48. Jesus says, you, you disciples, locked up behind closed doors, you disciples are witnesses of these things. Jesus says, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We might think these are the most unlikely witnesses. They are fearful and grieving. They are hiding behind locked doors. And yet Jesus says that these disciples will be witnesses. You know, I think that sometimes in this season where we're all stuck at home, sometimes it's easy to feel like we've lost our purpose or we don't know what to do with ourselves during this time. And I want you to know that if you've experienced the peace of God, if you've experienced Jesus, you are a witness. And you know, Pastor Toby shared earlier about the, the vision to um, contact people, make phone calls, send cards, pray for people. From right within your home, you are a witness to the peace of Jesus. You are a witness to the life that Jesus brings. Jesus says that the disciples will be clothed with power. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit. One of the amazing things about the book of Luke is that after Luke finished writing that book, he continued right on and began writing the book of Acts. And when we read the book of Acts, we come to the day of Pentecost and we see these disciples being clothed with power from on high. We see them receiving the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit who is our comforter and our counselor. These disciples receive the Holy Spirit and they go forth and they do witness to this life in Jesus. And God's message of Jesus does spread across the world. And so let's pick up the scripture once again at verse 50. When Jesus had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while Jesus was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And then the disciples worshipped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And this is how the Gospel of Luke concludes, and it is beautiful. 
we see Jesus, the Messiah, blessing the disciples. We see the disciples worshiping him. We see Jesus returning to God the Father. We see the disciples returning to Jerusalem to wait to be clothed with that power from on high. At the beginning of the book of Luke, there was incredible joy at the birth of Jesus. The angels rejoiced. The shepherds rejoiced. Others rejoiced at the birth of Jesus. And here at the very end of the book of Luke, again, there is rejoicing and joy and praise of God and worship. You know, it really struck me that this is an ending. When Jesus returns to God the Father, the disciples will never again walk and talk with him physically quite the same way that they did while he was on earth. It's an ending. And you know, I think in, in this season that we all are in, we're all experiencing endings of some things. And I think that's a part of the grief that we're all struggling with. But God doesn't leave us just hanging. In the endings, there are new beginnings as well. And these disciples enter into that new beginning with joy. When we first met the disciples this morning, remember they were locked behind closed doors. They were grieving, they were fearful, they were confused. And look at how we see them now. They are rejoicing, they are worshiping, they are praising God. And I really think that this scripture is for us today as we continue to grieve endings and losses. I want us to know that there are new beginnings, that God is with us, that Jesus, our peace, is with us. Years later in scripture, the apostle Paul would write words about the peace of God. These famous words are in Philippians 4, and I want you to know that Paul is writing these words from prison. So picture Paul in prison, encouraging others with these words. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. What if these could be words for us today in our homes in this season? Paul from prison encourages us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then these words for us today, the peace of God, Jesus, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Once again, we don't have just a beautiful memory of something. We have a living God who suffered and died on the cross for us and was raised back to life. Once again, peace is a person. That person is Jesus. I want to invite us into a weekly challenge. If you're new here this week joining us on the live stream, each week, we share a weekly challenge. It's a way for us to continue thinking about the scripture and to actually apply the scripture in our lives. 
So we want to know the gospel more and more fully. And so this week, I want to invite you to read that first verse that we looked at today, Luke 24, 36. And then that last verse from Philippians about the peace of God. I want to invite you to reflect on how you are searching for peace. In this season that we are in, how are you coping? How are you searching for peace? And then here's what I really want to invite you to do. I want to invite you right now in your room to ask God for his peace to come into your room. Remember, peace is a person. It's Jesus. Ask God for his peace to come into your room. To grow, let's read Luke 24, 37 through 43, and 1 John 1, 1. And I want to invite you to reflect on why it's important that the disciples saw and touched Jesus after his resurrection. And then to overflow, let's read Luke 24, 44 to 53, And I'm also inviting us to read Acts 2, which is the continuation after our passage ends as Luke continues writing and begins writing the book of Acts. Again, the ending of Luke is a beginning. And let's let's seek God this week about how we can share the peace of God with someone this week. Again, from within your home, you can be reaching out to neighbors, friends, coworkers, family members, and share the peace of God with them. Share Jesus with them. As we prepare to close today, I'd like to pray for us, and then I also want to invite all of you um, to join me and really be praying as we close this message. So let's pray together. God, we thank you that you are alive. God, in these confusing times, we need to know that, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus did not stay in the grave, that he is risen from the grave, that he is alive. So God, I pray for each person watching this message, each person that's worshiped with us this morning. God, would you step into their room? Would your peace come into their room? Would your peace come into their hearts? God, as we let go of our coping mechanisms, as we realize that they don't work anymore, I ask that you would help us to put our trust in you. Again, as the words of that song said, Spirit, lead us where our trust is without borders. God, I pray for people who are exploring faith in this season. Would you walk into their room? Let them experience your peace. I pray for those who feel like they've lost a sense of purpose or mission in this season. God, would you give them creative mission that they can carry out from right where they are? As we think about the people in our lives, God, Would you lead us in how to pray for them? Would you lead us in how to connect with them? How to bless and encourage them? And then, God, I pray for the nations of the world as well. Help us in our homes, God, as we hear news. Let it be a call to prayer. Would you lead us in praying that your peace would extend 
all around the world. God, would you use us in this time that your glory, that your message would spread around the world? God, we thank you that you are alive. I want to invite everyone out there, um, just don't let this be just my prayer, but in your own hearts, in your own words as well, also cry out to God, whatever is on your heart as you're watching this, as you're joining us in worship, cry out to God. If anything in this service has, um, has really touched you and you have questions about God or you want prayer, you know, use that contact form, use the comment se section if you want on the Facebook Live, and let us know because we know that God is here, that God is with you, and that God is speaking to you. We know that God has peace for you. And we know that God is moving in your life. So I want to invite you, um, just be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And let God bring his peace to you. And in these days ahead, this week, my prayer for you is that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart, and your mind in Christ Jesus. We, we love you. We miss seeing you in person, but we're so glad we can connect with you this way. And so have a good week. Keep in touch with us, please. And we will look forward to joining you in worship again next Sunday. God bless you. 